How about a couple secrets on how to build a successful membership plan? Dave Monahan from Clear is with us today. Stay tuned. Welcome, everybody, to ADOM Radio, the podcast for dental managers. I'm your host, John Stamper, and thanks for joining us. Guess what? ADOM Radio is now on Spotify. Check it out. Chilling out on the weekend, listening to some great tunes with friends and family. Be sure to check out ADOM Radio and download the latest podcast on Spotify. Today's episode of ADOM Radio is brought to you by Clear. So our special guest today is Dave Monahan, who has a passion for creating technology-enabled businesses that improve people's lives. Now, he founded Clear and championed its mission from the beginning. He designed the Clear platform based on dentist and patient feedback, created a passionate and hardworking team, publicly advocates for dentist and patient rights, and continuously pushes the company to innovate and be better. Prior to joining Clear, Dave served as the CEO of FitLinks, where he created simple and affordable wearable devices that enable patients to monitor and manage chronic conditions and athletes to monitor and improve their performance. He also worked at Microsoft from 1999 to 2006, where he developed and implemented new product marketing partnering strategies that helped the company and thousands of his partners grow and improve profitability. Dave received his Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from Pennsylvania State University and an MBA in International Business from Loyola University. Dave is married, has three children, and resides in the greater Philadelphia area. ADOM Radio and Clear are excited to bring to you today, Dave Monahan. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here on ADOM Radio. Very excited to be with you today. I'm your host, John Stamper, and very excited to have our guest back with us, Dave Monahan, CEO of Clear. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been exciting. I know over the last, geez, it feels like over the last year and a half, um, we've had you on ADOM Radio several different times, and uh, yet so many things have happened, especially uh, since the last time we spoke with COVID and all of that. Uh, Today's podcast, everybody, uh, Tell All Clears Secrets to a Successful Membership Plan. And I think what's exciting about this topic, uh, and I know we have the opportunity to talk with Clear a lot is that, like I say on these podcasts, there are so many things that these companies out there are facing in regards to working with practices on a daily basis that as things evolve and change in our profession, they're hearing that daily. So I think that's what's so cool about what Dave's going to go over today is really talking about some of the secrets uh, to running a successful membership plan from the perspective of Clear. So Dave, before we do that and hop into some really great areas of discussion, we'd love to have you share with everybody. We got a lot of new ADOM members out there. Uh, this year. So I'd love to have you share a little bit about yourself and Clear. Yeah, it's great. So just uh, Clear, just at a, a high level, actually, we're a official sponsor of ADOM. So and we love our partnership uh, with ADOM. It's been great. I've uh, got a lot of ADOM practices on the platform. We also learn a lot from the ADOM practices. They give us a lot of feedback. Uh, so I just want to thank everybody for that. And then Clear is a platform for uh, creating, managing, and uh, promoting a membership plan. Uh, to your uninsured patients. And we make it very, very easy uh, to to design the plan specific for your practice and for your patients. Uh, we actually have things like algorithms that will help you price it properly. Uh, we have a team of support uh, you know, professionals who will help you from the very beginning. They they start, you know, from the very beginning to help you design it, price it, support it, uh, you know, promote it. Uh, you And we get a lot of great feedback about the support team. So we basically give you everything soup to nuts to create, you know, price, 
launch and manage a membership plan. Yeah, I love it. And as I know you're going to get into today, uh, it's not that membership plans uh, haven't been popular and or that they were growing and or that more practices were looking into them. But it's like so many other services, as you know, Dave, with this pandemic have really catapulted uh, practices Mm -hmm. into looking into the values of all of these. And just a couple of the learning objectives, everybody, that Dave's going to go over today. He's going to talk a little bit about the current state of the industry and and why membership plans are a must-have, and I think more importantly, uh, the what what the pandemic has done in regards to to setting this off to be something even more valuable than it was before. Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about uh, reviewing data from practices that have been very successful at this, and 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 helping you understand what your opportunity is. And then finally, some best practices and strategies to really maximize getting the patients involved. And I think more importantly, reducing your front office team, you know, and their time that they're spending on a lot of these, including most importantly, getting the dentist and the team, you know, bought in on the design and stuff like that. So um, I think to get us started, Dave, I was going to kind of jump in really, you know, as a result of COVID-19 and this pandemic, you know, we know that so many practices are still in many cases trying to to get their feet on the ground, right? They've been seeing, you know, patients for a while now. Uh, what feels like close to seven, eight months for many of that had to shut down, but many of them are getting their feet on the ground, but I'd love to have you share um, really what has COVID done or what has this pandemic done in regards to, you know, membership plans and I think just the industry as a whole. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really good question. So it's amazing the sort of dynamics that have, you know, come off of COVID Um, and just probably three big ones that, you know, come to mind as the uh, most important uh, and we're seeing this across all the dental practices we work with. So first off is there's a lot of lot more uninsured patients out there now. So when you think about, you know, all the job losses uh, due to COVID, the numbers where they seem to be settling out is prior to COVID, there was about 100 million uninsured patients out there, uh, or uninsured adults. Uh, that's now increased about 120, 130 million or so. Uh, uninsured uh, adults. So roughly speaking, there's about now about 50% of all adults in the U.S. now do not have dental insurance or de- dental coverage of any kind. So, you know, obviously that becomes a major, you know, uh, whatever, it's both an opportunity and a challenge, but you're going to have a lot more uninsured patients coming into your practice than you have in the past. Now, the issue with that is that those uninsured patients or uncovered patients typically will accept, you know, two, two, to, two to three times less treatment because they don't have coverage. Uh, and so the net is you really want to offer that group of patients, your uninsured patients, this growing group, uh, some type of coverage. And obviously a membership plan will address their needs for a variety of reasons. Uh, and our, our market research, if you've seen some of our stuff in the past, you know, it really supports that, you know, when somebody has a membership plan, they'll come into your office two to three times more and accept about twice the amount of treatment. So net is lots more uninsured patients. And you want to give them some coverage. And that's a, a big uh, outcome of COVID. Um, the next one is, just dental insurance itself is, you know, I used to call it broken prior to COVID. Now, after COVID, I, I call it obsolete. I mean, it's, and we hear this over and over and over again. Obviously, prior to COVID, you know, reimbursements are declining every year, right? Uh, about 40% of all premium payments don't even get to care, so they stay somewhere with the insurer. Uh, and all of that, you know, is obviously continuing. So, you know, reimbursements aren't going up. But to make matters worse, the COVID crisis basically, you know, increased your costs, right, of running a practice. I don't tell anybody that, but the estimates I've seen is running a practice now costs five to 10% more due to things like infection control, PPE, and so on and so forth. 
Uh, and then in, in addition to that, at the same time, production has gone down about 20 to 25 percent on average across dental practices. And that's because of uh, patient distancing. Right. You just can't you know, get as many patients into a practice on a daily basis. So you think about insurance prior to COVID. Like I said, it was broken. Reimbursements are going down. A lot of you know, about 40 percent of all payments being made never got to the dental practice or dental care. And now you add in the added cost of uh, you know, COVID uh, infection control and also uh, the, the, the decrease in production for uh, you know, patient distancing. And the net is, it's obsolete. And we're hearing that over and over and over again. A lot more practices are now moving away uh, from insurance and especially the bad insurance plans. They're starting to realize, you know, at the very least, I got to get rid of the ones that just don't work for me. So that's been a big uh, you know, sort of dynamic of practices moving to a membership plan. And then the last one, which was a painful lesson uh, as part of COVID and the COVID office shutdowns was how important cash flow is to the lifeblood of, of a practice. So I think everybody knows, right? You, know, you got to have cash coming in in order to pay for everything going out of the practice. And when the shutdowns happened, you know, the, the cash flow in basically stopped. Um, and when you, what it really exposed was not that this was a surprise, but it really exposed it and, you know, made, you know, practices act on this was, when those payments stopped coming in and you had all these payments going out, you realize, everybody realized how dependent they were on the insurers and the insurers paying them, right? And what was amazing, just as a, a little you know, sidebar here is, I've, I always ask this question, John, I don't expect you to have the answer, but I'll just throw it out there to see, you know, just sort of, you know, whatever, pose it and get you thinking a little bit. How much money do you think the dental insurers collected while the dental practices were closed because of COVID? Like how much in total? Uh, premiums that they collect in those two to three months that the practices were closed. Uh, can, can I say the word a lot or am I going? Am I, <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Or am I going the opposite direction? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, people typically are shocked by this number, but it was $8.6 billion yeah. they collected while the offices were closed. And my question to the practices is how much of that, uh, that, that money they collected got to your practice, right? And the answer is almost none, except for a handful of maybe emergency patients, right? And so where did that money go? It went right into the coffers of the insurers. And it just exposed sort of this, this issue with cash flow, which is the insurers are collecting money every day, right, from the employers that are paying these premiums for their, for their patients. And obviously the patient's paying a contribution to that as well. And it only gets to the dentist when you think about it. After, you know, the dentist pays for the treatment, right, uh, and, you know, everything that has to do with that, you know, that'd be the rent, the you know, salaries, the materials they use, like they pay for all that without getting a dime from the insurer. And then they submit that and they wait for the insurer to pay them. Right. And just think about, you know, everybody, again, everybody learned this lesson during COVID. If that pipe shuts off, the insurer stops paying them, you know, they're done. Right. It's it, because you've already have all the outlays on costs and you can't just shut those things down. You can't suddenly just stop paying rent. Right. Or stop paying salary. So, so that was, you know, COVID really exposed that. And what we're seeing is now a lot of dental practices saying, as I said before, you know, they know, option, you know, insurance is obsolete. They also, you know, just realize how bad, you know, how important cash flow is to their business. So what they're trying to do is now move more and more of their patients over to a membership plan where the, when you think about it, the patient is paying your practice directly. They're paying that subscription to you. There is nobody in between telling you when you're going to get that money. And what, just as a, you know, uh, sort of thing around clear during the COVID shutdown, there were millions of dollars of payments going to dental practices on the on the clear platform when the shutdown uh, was happening. So those those payments continued. There was very few patients that pushed back on not making that subscription payment. 
Uh, so it just shows, again, the value of a membership plan to your cash flows, which is sort of the heartblood or the lifeblood of your, uh, of your practice. Yeah, so I'm going to hang an analogy out there uh, that, as you know, Dave, uh, dental professionals that for years have been trying to express the importance to their patients of the oral systemic link, right? The, the connection between taking care of their mouth and everything that it can affect in the rest of their body, that fortunately uh, got sped up a little bit with this pandemic, right? In the sense that patients, hopefully, as they were realizing, wow, like maybe it is important that a lot of this treatment that the practice was diagnosing, I need to get done because I need to strengthen my immune system. Maybe these things are connected and that's one side of it. And the other side of it is exactly what you're talking about, which you know, not too many people in our profession know this better than you because you have been grinding at this for a while before this even happened, which was to create this new market of the importance of membership plans. And now here we are. Is there a part of you that when all this happened, um, you know, it's, it's something that you saw was going to happen? In other words, it was like, I mean, obviously, we, <laughs> I think I spoke with somebody else, you know, from, from clear last week, we had a live cast and certainly this is not how people wanted a lot of these things to get catapulted into the mainstream. Um, this is not how you planned it out to be, but when it does, it is almost like this sense of relief. I'm sure to be like, you know what? Um, I, I'm glad that patients are now being able to see the value of this um, moving forward. So I'm just, I'm just curious on those two thoughts because I think that a lot of the dental professionals I talk to are very, almost refreshed that they're seeing now that the patients see the value of that liking where it is now with membership plans. And I think hopefully finally people, Dave, are starting to realize, wow, like maybe I should take this into my own hands. Yeah. And there's always, and I've, I've been in technology for a long time and there's every, I swear, every technology market has a catalyst event that happens that accelerates that technology to the forefront. And you think about the one you can always throw out there is Zoom, right? Everybody understood all of a sudden why Zoom was important. And we were using Zoom in our business probably for three years prior to COVID. And it was like a little product on the side that everybody used and everybody liked, but it wasn't like, you know, whatever, like, a, you know, a, a major thing that people understood. And it was sort of common knowledge that, you know, you're going to do a Zoom call and things like that. Like, and all of a sudden COVID hit and it becomes, you know, everybody knows, right, what Zoom is and everybody uses it. And what, so prior to, you know, COVID, we obviously did a lot of market research and we understood that patients wanted something like a membership plan. They told us that, right? And then on the other side, talking to dental practices, you could see insurance was a big problem, right? So in a way, it was obvious that that was, we needed an alternative solution to connect patients directly to dental practices and get rid of the middleman. But COVID just accelerated it all and made it what I, we now consider it's a must have, right? You can't put yourself in the position anymore of being dependent on the third party who could then cut you off, right, at any time. Uh, and so what we saw, it was interesting on the, the dental practice side, obviously practices were thrilled, uh, you know, having their membership plans in place and subscription payments coming in, but we actually reacted to the whole thing. This is what's interesting for us on the patient side and how much they valued this membership plan. So we actually made, gave the practices the ability to, to pause subscriptions during the shutdown. And some did it, some offered that out to their, to their patients. And the reaction from patients was like, everybody thought, ah, everybody's, you know, patients are going to cut off their subscriptions. And patients were like, it was 99% patients continue to pay and we're fine with it. 
because they understand subscription models. It's like, you're going to get benefits over the 12 months. And like, I don't have to go in there this month, right? When they're closed, I can wait till they come back. Like I'm a member here. I'm a, you know, and I have a membership and I'm okay with it. So it really, John, like that was a surprise to me. I, I just assumed consumer behavior would be shut me off, but the net was, they just said, fine, I'll keep my subscription. I'll continue to pay it. And you know what? I'll get the benefits of that when the office uh, opens back up. So that was huge for us. It basically underlines the value that a patient sees in a membership plan. Yeah, no question. And I think like, like, as we all know, like we might let that Netflix um, membership slip for a couple of months if we don't watch, but when it's on our own card, we tend to pay attention a lot more, right? We, we, we tend to go back to the people that we're paying for those services. And it's what I've always liked about the membership plan. A piece of this because there is a level of accountability with the patient that when they have to pay for it for themselves, they, they can tend to take care or I, I don't take care, but maybe appreciate that, that care a little bit more say, Hey, you know, we need to get this done. Cause I paid for it, you know, under, you know, otherwise the underneath what it usually always was, which is in that the malaise of the insurance and where things are and so on and so forth. So I think that's another really Absolutely. encouraging thing to see you guys grow is that um, it's that it's going to connect that patient accountability, but all right. So um also wanted to see if you could dig into some of the results that practices can expect uh, with not just a plan, but I'm going to call it like an expertly designed and managed plan, mm-hmm. meaning not just doing it, but doing it well uh, so that it really um, provides those benefits. Yeah, it's a great point. It's actually a good uh, lead off of what you're talking about as far as, you know, where, you know, how patients value a membership plan, because we, what we end up seeing is that sort of buy-in from the patient, uh, creates a patient that's closer to the practice comes in a lot more often i'll go through the numbers in a second but they're now you know committing to their care through their membership plan and they're going to take advantage of that and as far as coming in making sure they're using their benefits and then also now they're more comfortable accepting treatment because they have a plan right that they're a part of um, and so and, and to your point about you know expertly designing these the critical part about this and i'll actually get into this as we, as we uh, transition into the best practice side but these need to be designed properly or how your practice likes to treat patients, right? And the type of treatment plans you like to have in place. It also has to be designed properly for the demographics of your of your practice. And then also has to be properly priced. So if you get all those things correct, and some other best practices we'll go through you know, after this, but you know, if you get those things correct, the results can be amazing. So what we do, we offer this to any dental practice that's on our platform. And we've done this for a number of ADOM members, by the way, but. Uh, we'll, we'll offer to take a look at their uh, data coming off their membership plan using the practice management uh, data feed. So we basically will just, you know, pull the practice management data and we'll basically break their, their patients into insured, uninsured and clear patients. And then we'll just compare visits, you know, treatment acceptance, production and so on and so forth across those different types of patients. And then you can compare your, you know, and see how your membership plan is working. And we tell all practices, hey, if it's not working, that's fine. Let's get rid of it. Right. We either have done something wrong, maybe we redesigned it potentially and let it, you know, go again. But the net is, if we've done something wrong or it's not, you know, working for your practice, that's fine. You know, that's, that's that you can move on. We're not going to try to force anybody to stay with it. So the net, the great thing though is we've yet to find a practice where it didn't work. And but the the data shows across this is the average across all the practices we've analyzed is that the clear patients, when compared to their uninsured patients or uncovered patients, the clear patients will come in twice as often and they will accept a little over twice the amount of care. And so net production increases on average by 2.1 times. So the average uninsured patients across these practices was doing about $586 of net production. 
once they put it clear in, those un, you know, uninsured patients are doing about $1,228 of net production. That's over 2x uh, increase. And so if you think about, you know, if you, let's just say you have 100 patients, uh, uninsured patients that you move to clear, the increase in net production for your practice is a little over $64,000 a year if, you know, you get that result. And again, it's got to be designed properly. It's got to be priced properly, right, and all that stuff. But it's very, very consistent. We're just amazed at how consistent this is across independent uh, practices, group practices, insurance practice, you know, insurance-based practices, fee-for-service, across all geographies in the U.S. We're in every state. We have over 5,000 dentists on the platform. And it's very consistent. It ranges anywhere between like 1.6, 1.7 times the net production all the way up. We actually had a practice do over three times the net production of their clear patients over the uninsured patients. But that consistency has just been amazing. And I get the question all the time, why do you think that's happening? And it's getting back to some of the things I talked about earlier, which is when a, a patient commits to a membership plan, they're committing to care. So they're getting their hygiene visits, right, embedded inside that subscription. So what do they do? They come in for those hygiene uh, appointments and reappointments. And that's where it leads that they come in over two times. It's about two to, about 2.3 times more often they come in to the, to the practice versus an uninsured patient. And so what happens when they're visiting? Obviously, they're getting their, their hygiene, but almost about 75% of all treatment is accepted or originates in hygiene. So if 75% of, you know, treatment comes from, you know, originates in, in hygiene, you just have these patients coming in a lot more often and they're accepting a lot more treatment as a natural outcome of that. And that's why you see that over 2x increase in treatment and that production. So you basically have created this sort of commitment from the patient who comes in, has a plan, feels comfortable, uh, is getting obviously more, you know, care, and, and hygiene done, and as an outcome of that, they accept a lot more treatment. It's, it's, it's sort of, it's that simple. It just needs to be designed properly in order to attract the patient, uh, to buy the membership, and then to commit to the membership. Yeah, I love that. All right, so I know um, all of our listeners out there right now, because they're chomping at the bit, right? They're proactive people. They want to be efficient. They want to add all these cool things into their practice and to, to get ahead. So I'm sure they're wondering, all right, love to get those results. Uh, and I know this, this is kind of the crux of what you wanted to talk about today, which is to talk through some of the secrets, right? Of, of you know, you, you just touched on a little bit about plan design and setting it up properly, but now let's really talk about maximizing the patient participation. And I think at the same time, uh, especially with where we are now, Dave, which is so important, these practices are how do we become efficient, right? We got all these new things we need to add to with the PPE and all these changes that we're dealing with and and all of that. So just to add something on there, but there is a way to obviously reduce the front office team's time on administering these plans. So I'm um, going to go through these little by little and, and maybe start with understanding the opportunity within your existing uninsured patient base. Yeah. And it's like, I'll, I'll broaden the understand the opportunity. So there's really, uh, I guess, four sort of things you want to think about or opportunities you want to think about in your practice. The first one is what you just uh, mentioned, which is you just have an existing uninsured patient base that's walking in the door every day, right? And, you know, obviously some practices have a higher percentage of uninsured patients than others, but the net is, let's say, you know, this week you're going to have, you know, 20 uninsured patients walk into that, into your door. Great. There's 20, you know, opportunities, right, to sell them a membership plan. And those patients, when you think about it, they're existing patients walking into your practice. And they, we know based on our market research, they want coverage. They want a dental plan. They just don't like insurance too complicated, too expensive, you know, too many caveats and exclusions, all that stuff. So basically you want to offer them the membership plan because it's, it's, it's going to be, we know from market research, it's exactly what they want. And we see a high 
uptake and, and uh, acceptance of membership plans from the current uninsured patients that are walking into your door every day. And that's where the place to start. And, you know, the, the net is, you know, when they accept they, you, the, the membership plan, you'll see them a lot more often. They'll accept a lot more treatment. The next group outside that is your dormant patients. So a lot of practices have given up on these dormant patients and they really don't reach out to them anymore. And that is, again, based on our market research, those dormant patients are staying away because they don't have coverage. And they feel like, you know, they're probably going to be, they, you know, treatment's going to be too expensive. And, and or, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to get in there and somebody's going to charge me, you know, $300 for a visit. Like the, the ability to actually spread out payments and, you know, make it part of a subscription is, is very, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, they, they're very interested in that. So, you know, you got the, your dormant patients you really want to think about from an opportunity perspective. The other uh, groups is just senior living facilities in your, around your dental practice. We see a lot of our practices go out and reach out to that group. They're, uh, you know, they're older, obviously older patients who typically don't have insurance because they lose it when they retire, but they also are people for a high percentage of them used to go to the dentist, you know, very consistently. And typically that starts to fade a little bit once they lose coverage. So that's a great group to go talk to. And they have a lot of disposable income, by the way. And they love the idea of a membership plan and getting care consistently over time. And then the last one is small employers. So about 50% of all small employers, employers do not offer dental benefit to their employees and they'd like to. Uh, so if you size up that opportunity, so existing uninsured patients, dormant patients, senior living facilities, and small employers, if you sort of look at that and take a step back, it's a huge opportunity for almost every dental practice. And so that is, you know, the reason we say to sort of start there is, that's what you once you take a step back you'll say wow there's a lot of opportunity here it's you know the membership plan isn't a tactical thing it's not a little thing i'm just going to do it's actually strategic to my practice that if i can you know sort of cover all these different groups uh the opportunity for my practice is huge excellent okay so the office manager gets excited they learn about it uh, and then as you know in many cases especially for so many of our adom listeners because they're out there proactively looking for ways to better the practice, software platforms to collaborate with, all of that. And so their very next step, once they do that, as you know, Dave, is to get dentist buy-in and then more importantly, educating the team and getting everybody on board. So I'd love to have you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's absolutely critical is, you know, the dentist buy-in is, you know, is, I mean, it won't work unless you have that. So, and this comes back to, you know, this idea of, you know, looking at the opportunity and showing the dentist the opportunity and what this can mean you know, from a financial and also from a treatment perspective to the practice. And that's why we're, we're very ground, we ground ourselves in data. So, you know, to get dentists buy-in, sometimes they just get it, understand it, and they're great, and they say, let's go. Other ones, you know, other dentists, you're going to have to break it down for them and let them understand, look, the idea here is we're going to, you know, get these patients coming in two to three times more often. They're going to, you know, increase, you know, production 2x. Uh, we also open up ourselves to opportunity. We can, you know, activate some of our dormant patients. We can bring senior living facility you know, uh, residents in and so, so on and so forth. So just making sure they don't get it, that they do, because once they're bought in, they understand the strategic nature of this, that's the underpinnings for this being successful. And, and you, you know, really be able to broadly, you know, offer this uh, and be successful with it. And then once you get through that, yeah, the whole team needs to be educated and also on board. So the, what we learned sort of from a best practice perspective is when a patient walks in the door, sometimes, you know, they'll buy it at the front desk. When, a, a, you know, somebody at the front desk talks to them about the membership plan, they see the brochure and all this stuff, you know, sometimes they'll buy it. But what we see is being most successful is, is that front desk person obviously is talking to the patient 
from their perspective of why a membership plan is, you know, important and why they're excited to have it. And typically that's along the lines of, hey, I've always wanted to be able to offer you a program and also give you discounts right on your treatment. Now I can. That's the membership plan, right? And I'm excited to be able to offer this to you. Now, that's great. And, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe the patient buys at that point. But when you go uh, into your, the, the patient goes back to get their hygiene done, it's great to have the hygienist talk to the patient about it as well. And the, the, typically the hygienist's conversation is, look, this will, I know, you know, by having this, you're going to come in more often. I'm going to be able to, you know, keep your oral health to, you know, the maximum I can. And, you know, it also just, you know, it just makes my job easier if you're coming in more often. So, again, you make it personal from the hygienist perspective of, you know, why this uh, membership plan, you know, is something they, they support. And then, obviously, the dentist as well, when the dentist comes in to do their checkup. You know, we actually have seen that the dentist talking about why dental insurance is bad for the practice and why having somebody in between the dental practice and the patient is a bad thing because it restricts treatment, right? It makes things more complicated. It makes things more expensive. And be able to talk from that angle uh, is really valuable. So that is, if everybody can understand the membership plan and understand the value that it brings to them in their role so that they communicate that out to the patient, that's when you have great success with a membership plan. It was when everybody can talk to it from their own perspective. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So then everybody gets bought in. Uh, then a big, a big component, at least from a strategy perspective, is designing it and pricing it right um, in regards to the value that the patient receives, the practice results, things like that. Yep. And that this one's the tricky one, by the way. So I think everybody sort of thinks this is, they sort of roll over this one. They don't think too much about it. We actually did our CTO uh, has a PhD in machine learning from uh, uh, University of Pennsylvania. And he actually ran an analysis, a statistical analysis. What he did was he basically looked at all the me membership plans on our platform and the pricing of those membership plans relative to their fee schedule. And he also looked at which ones were being successful and which ones weren't. He, he, I, I won't get into all the details, but he had a bunch of metrics for what meant success. And the net was he actually uh, discovered that if a membership plan was priced high so the practice let's say was getting a really good subscription right very very profitable and all that stuff and it was like sort of over the top you know from a profitability standpoint it wasn't very successful because patients typically wouldn't buy it so to get a handful of people buying it but across the uninsured patient base not a lot of people buying because there wasn't a lot of value to the patient they figured that out pretty fast and then the other side actually this might be the, the more interesting one is when practices you know uh, price it really aggressively and weren't making a lot of money off of the subscription, they didn't get a lot of membership sold. And the reason was, and you think about it, it makes sense, but the, the practice wasn't into it, right? They were like, hey, if I sell one of these things, I'm going to lose money or it's not going to be break even. Why would I sell this, right? And so they were sitting there cherry picking of who they might offer it to. And then it wasn't, wasn't successful. So trying to you know balance the value on both sides, the patient gets value, the practice gets value, and it's priced properly is really important. We actually created something we call clear smart pricing off of this algorithm work that our CTO did. We actually will run the algorithm for your practice and we'll come back and it'll give you a little range. Let's say it'll say, hey, the proper pricing for this is $29 to $32 a month. That's where you're going to get the maximum uptake for the, the plan. And we'll you know guide you again as part of the onboarding process and what our uh, clear success managers do with our practices. You can go either end of that spectrum, but the idea is, hey, you know where to keep that pricing in order to make it successful. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point because as you know, and you guys see this on a daily basis, there's the element of, okay, we know that we want to offer this, but then there's the whole 
marketing piece, which as you know, and have learned Dave, like some practices are very savvy with that and some others, not so much, right? They need some direction on that. They need to understand how to price it properly. Like you said, they may implement it. And then all of a sudden it's not getting accepted and they may not realize that there really is a, a it's, it's a, it's delicate, right. To be able to have to offer something for because as you know, for so long, you know, for the, most of the services have been, you know, connected to a fee schedule in regards to a lot of the practices, not always having a say in regards to what they charged. I mean, obviously the practices that, you know, were, were, were fee for service did, but, but even in those regards, so much of the pricing of a particular procedure for a dental practice sat in the confines of how they were driven by insurance. So this is kind of a new thing for people and having to kind of add this element to their, um, it's important. It's important, like you said, to know um, where you need to be on that. Yeah, absolutely. You're, it, it's interesting when we go into practices, a lot of times they haven't looked at their fees for like five or 10 years. I mean, it's insane. Right. So we actually, as part of the implementation, a lot of times practices will increase their fees in order to put their membership plan in. And they'll do that across their practice, you know, but it's a time to take a step back and to your point and think about this, not from an insurance perspective, but from an actual consumer perspective and a business perspective, right? You know, let's ground these things in reality, not in the, this insurance, you know, la-la land. Um, and, and anyway, get the pricing right in order for everybody, you know, to see value in these things. So yeah, you're, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's actually one of, we get a lot of really, really good comments about the process we put people through in order to come to the right pricing. All right. So we get the right pricing. Everybody feels good with that. And now it's time for promotion, uh, promoting in the office, social media, website, all, all of those different areas to get it out there and let everybody know about it. Yeah. So, and a couple of things. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of tactical things from a, a marketing perspective. But before I get there, the one thing that uh, we see from a promotional standpoint is some practices will try to cherry pick which you know patients they offer it to. So they'll say, "Hey, I know that patient. You know, doesn't come in very often. So maybe I can get the membership plan to bring them in more often." And they'll say, "I'm going to offer it to that person. Oh, this person, they come in, you know, pretty consistently, and they'll pay my full fee. Therefore, I'm not going to offer them the membership plan." And that's a really bad idea. Uh, and the reason is it's something you nobody can really see, but it's there. We see it in the results is even if you think a, a patient is, you know, coming in a lot and accepting a lot of treatment, the, 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 when you offer them a membership plan, they, they uh, you know, they accept the membership plan, they actually come in a lot more often. They accept a lot more treatment. And the reason is it's all kind of latent opportunity in your uh, patient base where they want to do stuff but they don't have a plan. They know they're paying full fee. And so what they do is they back away and they don't you know, move forward with a lot of treatment. So the, the idea of trying to cherry pick is really the wrong strategy. You wanna bring as many patients as you can into your, your membership plan because of all those benefits. So one is don't worry about you know, you know, promoting this across your whole patient base. That's actually what you wanna do. And then to your point, yeah, you wanna do it like, you wanna have brochures in the office. Uh, you know, you know, if you, some practices like to have posters, some don't, but then that is if you do, you know, have some posters up on the wall, uh, you know, you, giving, um, you know, people things like when they walk in, the ability to scan a QR code, things like that on their phone and pull something up on their phone where they can look at it. Uh, on your website, so if somebody visits your website, they can see, hey, uh, you know, I don't have insurance. Here's an option if I don't have insurance. On social media, we get a lot of great responses from patients. Uh, when they see that you know, practice is offering you know a membership plan on social media, things like that. But that is, you want to we call it surround sound. You want to surround the patient with this. It's not in their face. It's not obnoxious. But when they start to see multiple points 
that's when it typically they'll start to you know move forward with purchasing the plan. You, you, it's not like a one-off and you're done. It's like you constantly you're touching it with different things. We even have inside a lot of practices inside their messaging that goes out to the uh, to the patient. They say, hey, you got an appointment coming up, and by the way, we've implemented a membership plan that'll make it you know easier for you to get the care you need. Here's a link, and you 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 do it through your invites and things like that. So the net is yeah, you want to promote it across lots of different uh, vehicles, and you want to make it consistent. Uh, and get that, what I was call, referring to as sort of a surround sound uh, marketing effort going. Perfect. Okay, a uh, couple last ones here. This is great. Uh, now, you know, I think getting into the details of all of this uh, certainly adds some texture to not only implementing these plans, but but making them work. Um, so these last two, automating the processes with technology, make it easy to join Pain Renew. And um, like you mentioned, Dave, uh, this world of technology that you've lived in, I, I tell people all the time, I feel like as much as we love the Amazons in the world, I think for so many of us on the technology side, like they have spoiled everybody, right? If what you have is not simple, <laughs> you are in big trouble. And even though we get frustrated, it's like it has become a requirement for anybody that does anything platform wise. And then we'll wrap up with compliance. But I'd love to talk, you know, have you touched just a little bit on the technology and making it simple and easy to pay and stuff like that? Yeah, I can't emphasize enough. And, and people probably heard this, you know, over and over again, but it is so true that your consumers or your patients expect things to be online. There's just, I, I don't know how else to put it. it. That's the reality of the world we live in, right? Yeah. And if you go to print out a PDF document or a spreadsheet and ask them to fill something out with a, a pencil or a pen, their eyes are rolling <laughs> and they're expecting things on their phone, right? Uh, and they're expecting things automated. They're expecting after they you know, join something that they get an email or text to say, yeah, you're activated, right? Click here to see more. Uh, they're expecting that if they have an issue with, let's say, a payment issue, they, they're able to get online and change their, you know, their payment method. Uh, they're expecting that if there's an issue with, let's say, uh, you know, whatever, let's say it's a renewal or something like that coming up, that they've been notified electronically and they can, you know, accept or you know deny like a, a renewal. Uh, I, they're even expecting, and we actually do this, I mentioned QR codes, uh, they're expecting to be able to wave a wand, right? So our, what we do is actually from any camera uh, on your on a phone, you can wave it across this QR code and your membership plan comes right up on their phone and they can click, yes, I want this, and they can just enter a credit card and, and purchase it. <laughs> like they expect these things. It's just, again, the way of the world. And, and the net is, it's really, in my opinion, and we see it over and over again, it's really important that you automate all of this. So from the ability to join, to the ability to pay, to the ability to renew, uh, that it's just part of what is, you know, their digital life. Uh, and, 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 you know, and I think everybody gets this, it's on the phone and it's something that I can uh, access anytime I want. So that's just a, it's just where we are, right? And that's not going away. Uh, so automating all that is really, really important. Uh, and then on compliance, yeah, we could, we could spend hours on compliance, but the net is there's uh, state and federal regulations, there's a long list of them. And I've actually done some uh, of this in the past where I've actually presented on nothing but compliance. But the net is you, if you're going to implement your membership plan, you really need to make sure that you you know, thought through, you looked at all those things, you got somebody to look at it for you, and you got a legal review of those things uh, from both a state and a federal regulation standpoint. It crosses all kinds of things of your membership plan from Things like the disclosures you need to give to a patient, you know, when they're signing up, to how you handle payments, to notifications that you're providing. For example, 
Like if you're going to renew somebody into a plan, you have to give them at least 45 days notification of the renewal and their option to opt out of that. Uh, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of them. Uh, but the net is you want to make sure there's a build in. We at Clear, we've spent a lot of time and money uh, with different law firms and, you know, created the platform from the bottom up to be compliant. And another one like HIPAA, right, and data protection and privacy is another important one. So without going into all the details, it's a really important one. You know, need to make sure that uh, you've thought through all that and build it into your plan. Yeah. So as I was listening to all of these tips uh, and and you sharing your insight, uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, contact clear <laughs> to get some direction. Um, and but I mean, I mean, I know you say that a lot. I mean, obviously, you, you've always been extremely humble with this, Dave. I mean, there's obviously other people out there that are doing this. I think I know what is what is what you're so passionate about, uh, you know, our membership plans in general. And I think most importantly, practice is really um, you know, adhering to this and, and, and embracing it, because I think just the, the statistics that you shared on the uninsured patients, that is enough, not to mention what's, what's happened with everybody. Many people, unfortunately losing their jobs and, and their, their benefits connected to that. And so if the numbers were high before they're even higher now, and, and, and I know you have such passion for this and, and I think it is important. I think it's, it's very important. Um, as I listen to all these, these items that you talk about that the practices, when they commit, when they decide that this is what they want to implement, um, that they do partner with a company to help them pull all these things together. Cause there's a lot there, um, as you know, better than anybody, but once it's set up, I mean, I think that's, what's great about what you guys have done is that once it's set up, I um, mean, you get a lot of these things moving there, there is so much automation to it, right? David, I mean, there really are a lot of pieces and parts. There's a lot of work on the front end, but, um, then it starts humming and then, um, then you really start to get the results. Yeah, absolutely. John, and the, coming back to like, you know, sort of my whatever, being out there talking and advocating for these things. So obviously, I, I'd love to have, you know, Bernal practices use clear, use clear. I mean, that's obvious. But the, besides that, the reason I didn't start, you know, this in order to create clear, what, the reason I started this, I spent a decade or more on, I like to cut out red tape and uh, get rid of things that aren't needed in healthcare and pr improve access to care. That's my passion. And that's why we built clear is to sort of follow through on that passion I have. So my whole goal is make it easier for dental practices to provide care to patients and make it easier for patients to get access to care. That's it. And so that's what we've built. And if, if somebody doesn't want to use it clear, that's fine. I get it. But don't you know, shy away from doing this. Put yeah. these things in place. They, they work. And your patients will you know, appreciate that you've done this for them. And they, uh, they value these things. So you know, just put something in place that, again, gets rid of that red tape, that cost, and improves access to care. Well, and what I think is exciting, and this is this is why um, it has been so enjoyable to continue to do this this ADOM Radio podcast, is because so many of of the companies out there in our profession, like Clear, uh, as you know, Dave, you guys are learning and seeing things on a weekly basis, and I, I, I it has been so refreshing to see this gap between companies that are providing these products and services and the dental practices and how that gap is continuing to close. Because as you know, especially in the technology world, as you guys are learning things, as you're getting feedback from the practices, you're, it's able to make you stronger, you know, provide more information, be more educational. I um, mean, it's just benefiting everybody. And, and like you mentioned, it gets back to the core of ultimately, which is, you know, providing more care for these patients. So it's exciting. Uh, I know the ADOM team is, is super appreciative of the partnership they have with you guys. And it's always great having you on. And before we wrap, I'd love to have you share with everybody where they can learn more about Clear and all that great stuff. 
Yeah, just a, a couple things. Yeah, on uh, some of the next stuff. So one is I didn't mention this at all, but implementation is free on Clear. Like there's no payment at all, all the way up until you add a member. So you get all your market materials for free. You know, the support, the consult. We do consultations and pricing and all that stuff. That's all free. And then we only get paid on a. You know, if a member gets on the platform and actually pays you then we get paid. So we're perfectly aligned. We're partners with you from the very beginning. Uh, something really uh, exciting to, to promote, uh, John, today is, and we just put this in place, actually, today is the first day of this, but all ADOM members are going to get a 20% discount on those fees that we charge once a member joins. Awesome. So it's a 20% discount off our typical fees. And you can go up, There's we actually have a landing page around this, and it's clear.com, so K-L-E-E-R.com. And then just slash ADOM20, so ADOM20. Uh, if you go up there, you'll see the promotion and you can sign up. And then from there, you uh, the typical process people go through is they just get a quick online virtual demo with a live person. This isn't a recording or anything. You can get on, ask questions, and you can see the product and all that good stuff. Uh, and then like if you move forward, then we provide you a consultant who will help you design and price it. Again, no charge. Uh, and then you move through, towards the process of launching it. And it can happen very quickly. We've had practices launch in a day or two. We've had others take week. It just depends on your timeline. Uh, but we're really excited to provide that 20% discount to all ADOM members. Yeah, awesome. Well, I know they appreciate it. And again, uh, it's, it's great to have you on and uh, watch you guys continue to grow. Uh, and I think more importantly, like you mentioned, uh, continue this mission that you've been on to uh, you know ensure that more patients are getting taken care of uh, with these membership plans. So thanks again, Dave, wish you best of luck. And hopefully, as I've been saying to everybody that we're speaking with, either it's been on here on ADOM radio or on the live cast on Facebook, hopefully soon we're going to see people in person again at a meeting or somewhere. Um, we're, we're getting to that point. I know you and I were talking about this virtual world, which is great, but it's um, there certainly is an element of like, I think, you know, people want to see each other soon. So hopefully we'll get to do that. And, um, but before then, uh, you know, congrats on, on all the great work you guys are doing and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. All right. You got it. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode here on ADOM Radio. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to ADOM Radio, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. All you need to do is subscribe to ADOM Radio. And each time we record and produce a brand new episode, it will come through automatically to your listening device of choice. Also, always great resources available on the ADOM website. That's dentalmanagers.com, dentalmanagers.com. So be sure to check that out. And until our next episode, have a great day.